We have a nice lazy Sunday episode as we both had a very eventful week. Um, so we're sore, we're tired, we're a little drained, and that's okay because it was all worth it. Um, so Kylie, I mean, since we, I gave oh all goodness. that preamble, yes, how's your week? The preamble, the week is good. The week has been sweaty. We're, we are bringing a sweaty move time realness. Darling. But you're also so sun-kissed over there. Serving. Sun-kissed yes, darling. in my now empty living room. It's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> like, you always forget, I just, I always forget how much stuff I have. Like, you have to move. You're packing everything. There's like all these little things that are left out. I'm just like, I might become a minimalist. I, that's a lie. That is a whole lie. I can't even like let that statement rest the whole three seconds. That's not true. I'm not becoming a minimalist. I need my books mm-hmm. and my guitars and my swords and my stuff. Yeah. I need my stuff. But I'm excited to finally be able to actually like, focus into organizing at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I've actually really enjoyed about this journey is actually using my body more. Yes. I'm on the third floor here and it's one of the things that's like you forget how much you're capable of because I've been hauling boxes up and down stairs all day. I was just like, I have defeated my own, like, exceeded my own expectations of what I thought I could get done. And I was just like, you go girl, mm-hmm. sweaty and tired, but like feeling happy and accomplished. That's right. No, I am um, the amount of times I've moved in San Jose, um, which I feel like, whew, I feel like next year is my official, like I've been living out here for 10 years. Um, so, which is kind of cool. Um, or actually it might've been actually me living out here probably happened this month because Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, I think I just hit my 10 year mark living here in San Jose. Cause that's when I graduated community college. And, and I was I, like, that's when I moved away. <laughs> oh my God. 10 spanking years here. But during those 10 years, I feel like every year or every year and a half, I've moved to a new spot. Um, and so I've arrived in the minimalistic style living just because of the fact that I just needed to be able to pack a car and go to the next spot. Um, I have more equipment now, but I've been, you know, you've seen me like just Mm -hmm. packing, packing bags of clothes and donating them and making sure I don't have more than I can handle my in my small ass room here in San Jose. So I can't imagine, you know, chilling somewhere for a second and then being like, okay, now I got to move all this stuff. That's never happened to me, but I have helped other people before. So I am proud of you. That was what that was my whole like lip to that was like, I'm just proud of you because I understand how hard it is because you went from Texas to here and and like you, you had a life in Texas. Guys, for context, me and Kylie known each other in community college and then she left my world in 2011 and I haven't really heard much from her because she was living her life and now she's back and I love it. From out of space. Yeah, and there's the other thing in Texas, like because the cost of living is um, so much lower out there, you can get an apartment 
900 square feet for like 800 bucks mm -hmm. and you just if you have the space you're gonna fill it you know so then you're like oh i'll get couches and i can afford to get a tv now and i can afford like this that the other and so you just start accumulating and decorating and then you have to <laughs> move and you realize how much you have accumulated and decorated or at least in my case it's not so much like the furniture as it is the instruments and costuming stuff i have so many boxes i literally had like two or three boxes full of just wigs oh my god was <laughs> <laughs> like oh this is a problem oh my god <laughs> Yeah, I can't live like that. I, I've never had the comfort to live like that. But I'm also like, I've adjusted to this lifestyle that, like, I understand where you're at because you're like, I made a life and this is me feeding into the hobbies I like doing. And like, you know, it doesn't matter. I have the space to just chill. And me, I'm like, nope, <laughs> it's not going to happen. That's not my life. I was like, oh God, and now I have a house with a bajillion rooms. Like, the sewing room is about to be popping. The craft room is about to be popping like oh yes oh yeah oh yeah i'm so excited wait. for you yeah it's gonna be really good what what are some things that you know just because you're moving like if you were to give advice to somebody who's relocating the way that you are like what what are some things to to keep in mind with to keep it smooth and fluid um i would say don't be so attached to the plans because things never <laughs> go like according to plan. And like I said, like oftentimes it's easy to misjudge like how much stuff you actually have. Um, and getting movers are they're totally worth it. Like if you don't have, you know, a bunch of friends and family to help you move, definitely budget for movers and budget like, I don't know, I would say at least a thousand dollars to move you know okay. it sounds like a lot but when you think about it it's not just you know the u-haul or depending on you know how much stuff you have it's the movers which you know i always tip my movers because i know it's a lot of physical work especially yeah. where i'm at now because it's like i'm on the third floor like i said and when they take the job they don't always necessarily know like all the details so when they get here and it's like they, I could just tell it's like, oh, it's the third floor. I'm so sad. <laughs> you guys are working extra hard. I will tip you, don't worry. And like, so take care of your, your movers. Um, make sure that you have plenty of liquids and that extra like moving money is really like for the food and water mm -hmm. and snacks because you're not really gonna have time to cook while you're moving, boxing yeah. things up. like. I'm sure the most exhausting thing is like, oh, I think I'm going to make a whole ass dinner. And you're like, wait, I already packed up the pots and pans. Like this is, this is counterproductive. It's counterproductive. <laughs> or it's just like, I also don't want to have to, while I'm in the middle of moving, cook a big meal and then have to worry about cleaning and all that other extra stuff. Like it's mm -hmm. just one less thing to have to worry about. Um, but on top of that, just being kind with yourself, just knowing that, you're making progress, you know, mm -hmm. you make goals for yourself, try to make um, attainable goals and start early. Like the earlier, the better. If you already know that you're going to have to be out by a certain date, start packing like a month ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And I say a month because that makes it so you can get it done in smaller segments and it's not going to be so overwhelming. So yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. I, like I said, I have, I've been a minimalist my whole life. So like, I'm just, I'm like the five box queen where the maximum I have is five boxes. And then wow. usually with like stuff like, you know, my bed and whatnot, like I'll try to find a homie with a truck to transport that. Um, but I don't really have anything else. So, like, I I don't have any helpful advice <laughs> when it comes to moving. I'm just like, and I'm also like, you know, if someone tries to help me, I'm actually very straightforward. And like, I, I don't want people to tell me how to do things because I already have a vision set. So, like, it's just, yeah. Um, but no, kudos to you for real, though. Like, uh, you're doing such a hard thing. And it's been so, I like, do. drawn out for, all, like, the whole last year. So I'm proud of you. I know. No. <laughs> from, from getting the house tired of hearing about it no i want to hear more developments of the house and one day we should just do a 3d tour <laughs> we should we'll walk through and be like here's the before and then as we refurbish room by room i can't wait seriously so i need to find an artist any local artists out there who would be um willing to do a little ghibli scene mm -hmm. under my mm -hmm. stairs i want to make a little there's like a little nook under there yeah and i want to do a mural <laughs> and i want to make it just like a cute little cubby ghibli hangout so i can put all of my ghibli dvds in there mount yes. a little tv put yes. a little like beanbag chair or something and that can be my little ghibli nook and then when my niece and nephew come over they have a cool place where they can chill out of the way oh i love it too i know <laughs> I absolutely love it. I have so many ideas. A Lord of the Rings room is going to be the den. It's going to be great. Oh my god, this <sighs> yes. is this is your stage of being. This is your your manifestation. This is yours. I'm so excited for you. Um, so my week, I've had so many performances. I know it's great. You're killing it <laughs> i yeah so i did three things this weekend um or things that were leading up to this weekend so there was the san jose jazz summer fest there was the big band festival over at tabard theater um these are both two local places in san jose and then i also had a virtual performance that was pre-recorded um with the international horn society for their yearly international horn symposium cool like yes thank you so symposium darling <laughs> yes <laughs> um so with ihs i'll go backwards um that was in co in collaboration with the chromatic brass collective um for those who are listening in today that is a Black and POC, also gender fluid um, collective of brass instrumentalists uh, serving women or I, women identifying folks um, or even gender neutral folks who are in the brass world. And so um, they had, we had another big performance with the symposium this year it was all virtual which was great. Um, and I just recorded a couple of parts. So I was able to be in the two world premiere pieces, um, Ahmed El Abaka, 
as well as Jazzy Pigott's pieces. Um, and so it was really cool to hear all of us together and the sound mixing was just like chef's kiss. So um, it was really, really awesome to be part of that. And I, again, I'll say this every single time I mention the Chromatic Brass Collective, I'm just so happy to be part of a community of Black and POC women or femme identifying folks um, or gender neutral folks who believe in being represented and uplifted um, because, you know, the brass world is primarily white uh, and those who are recognized are primarily white. And um, I'm sure those who remember my story through uh, college and music school, things were very in the favor of white brass players. And so um, it's really nice to feel recognized, even if like I wasn't featured by name, but just featured in a way that I am playing with like-minded folks who we all have the talent to do it. Um, and so we found a way to make sure that we recognize ourselves for it. So it was cool. Um, I am always happy to be a part of them and, you know, do, it's kind of cool, crazy how I haven't met any of these people in person, except for Aaliyah, though Aaliyah Qualls, who is the uh, VP of programming, for uh, Chromatic Brass Collective, she just she just left for Spain for the um, for Berkeley College of Music's program out there, and uh, I met her in person. But it's because she was doing like a road trip, so she doesn't live locally out here. So all of us we're not local; we're all from different parts of the world. So in order for us to perform together, we actually have to record our pieces from home and then submit the submit the recording. So then someone else mixes it, mixes mixes the recording. So, but anywho. Um, I can go all into that, but it's just really great to see that we're all from different parts of the world and we all are still together and in it together. So I just love it. Uh, so that was with IHS. Um, the Tabard Theater performance was last night. It was my girl Gabby Horlick's birthday show uh, with 7th Street Big Band. Um, she wasn't expecting the cake and the cake pops. By the way, shout out to Kelly's Confections who did the custom cake for me like a week in advance. Like I will have her, her linked here in this episode, but it was such a cute cake. She had the 7th Street logo on little cake pops. She made a mega cupcake. And it was so delicious. It was all yellow cake with with such delicious frosting. Like it didn't taste like like plastic when things are custom made. It was just moist and delicious. And you know, anybody who says that moist is a gross word, you're full of shit. That was some dumb meme that happened in the Will Ferrell days. I don't even think it was Will Ferrell who did it, but like you guys are just overreacting. Moist is an okay word to describe cake because that's what type of cake that you want. You don't want some dry ass chalk, like <laughs> dusty cake. You want something that's moist and, and like when you taste it, you're like... <laughs> stop that with that moist nonsense all of you oh out God. there um but anywho yeah so we had our we had the birthday performance and it went so well it was really cool uh to be back in tabard theater again i really like their protocol for um for chapter two of the pandemic is what i'll call it because we're still in a pandemic chapter two yeah chapter two part two um, part two it was required for people to show their vaccination cards before coming in, uh, which was great. Everybody in the band had to be vaccinated before performing. 
um, and everybody wore a mask except for the band members who were on stage and very far away from the audience. So it was really, really nice that they had that way of keeping precautions. And because the theater was so small, it was easy to catch somebody who was just misbehaving. So we were able to correct behavior. Um, but yeah, that was a really good show. Um, like everything was pretty funky. I had a couple solos we had, and it was like really, really cool. So I, it's always great to come back to Tabard and perform with them. So I hope like going forward, we can keep doing that. Um, and yeah, that's probably like out of the whole 18 months of the first stage of the pandemic, I, it's kind of crazy to be back doing live music again. Like it's, doing live music is part of my identity I realize and if I don't get that in my system like on a regular basis and I'm not talking about gigging I'm talking about just at least doing like live shows I get a little sad (laughs) and I feel like my identity snatched like um I'm lucky to have right I just I'm just really happy to have a performance family that I get to rehearse with, bullshit with, shoot the shit with. Like, I really love Seventh Street so much because we were all a bunch of knuckleheads who, who went to college together. <laughs> and then we organically came together in this band and then there isn't any weird like um, artificialness with us playing together. Like it feels like we're all just like, just we're just very close friends who just get it. So like, I am always the happy shared to perform. Passion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was really happy that we all made it work out. I know that there, there was a couple of members who just recently moved because of being, it's hard to stay in the Bay, especially as a gigging musician. And so I do want to be like, I miss Sam Brown, like Sam Brown is doing it, doing his thing over in Chicago now. And my boyfriend and Carol is in, is in Texas doing his thing. So I will miss them to death because those are like my two, those are my, like probably one of my, two of my closest friends, but I'll, all in all, like to have that band together, it's just it's just so nice. It's just really, really nice because everybody else that I know on that on on the roster, like, you know, Jerry and Nicole and Gabby, like you guys, Tim, Jacob, like Brittany, like everyone is just so cool. So yeah, like it's just nice to have that feeling because I haven't felt that at all. Like, you know, when you're working with people in a professional setting, like at work, like your day job, your nine to five, you're working with people that is like, you have to force a relationship to make sure that things are collaborative. And some people make it really cool, like where the relationship is very organic, right? So like, if you have people that you work with who are organic, like keep those people around because it's so good to have those people around. But sometimes you're just like, no matter how many times you try to be open with certain folks at work, they just won't let you get to know them or they don't even want to get to know yeah. you they're like i don't want to get to know anyone and this is where we keep it fully separate um i don't know if that's like also possibly a generational thing yeah it's also a thing too like i've noticed that people who have like a lot of established families and like who've already had their like career for like maybe 25 plus years whether if they had multiple jobs or the same jobs for that long that they're just not really interested in you they're like sorry i have all of the 
all of the friends I require, my needs are met, and I have no more extra energies to socialize with anyone else. Yeah, but it's so weird to be in a workplace environment because you just, you want to be so inclusive, right? So then that way, everybody that you're working with, you're comfortable with working with them. And then you can actually give the criticism or the feedback or the direction that they need without it being like a bunch of preamble saying like, hey, so it's nice to see you, but I need you to do this thing. And so it's like, oh, hey, what's up? Hey, by the way, you know, it just would be nice to be that straightforward, but you know, it is what it is. So away from that, um, yeah, it's just nice to be with with Seventh Street because like we we've we watch each other grow through our 20s. Like we we're just like we're a bunch of dopey people sometimes. Like dopey but hot. So like it's great. <laughs> So speaking of which, um, the night before that, we actually got onto the main stage for San Jose Jazz Summerfest, which mm-hmm. it's our second or third year performing with San Jose Jazz, but it's our first year actually getting on the main stage. And we were part of the roster of the main stage, which was great because we performed right before Judith Hill. And that was amazing like judah wow. hill heard us play and we were just like ah judith hill <laughs> so it she's was just here. she was here and and it was just cool because she like talked to a couple of band members and she said that we sounded pretty good and of course you know if you tell somebody of the judith hill caliber like oh yeah you're great too it's like she already knows <laughs> she already knows because she's already been in it so it was just really I was cool thinking about that the other day <laughs> i was like um, am I going to be that dweeb like when I actually meet all these musicians in person to be like, oh my god, you're really great. And they're like, we've had an established career since the 90s. We know we're great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know what we is. We know what no. we is. <laughs> but, but it's just funny because it's like, how do I have a more in-depth like interaction versus, you sound good. You, you sound, sound good. Great. <laughs> fangirl. Just fangirl out. But no, that was my trombone. Oh my God. (laughs) But yeah, it was, it was really, it was really nice. And again, like we had a lot of people that we all went to college with school with high school with, like it it was just such a nice reunion. And San Jose jazz also did the same deal where you had to be vaccinated before coming in. Like we had to do a vaccine screening survey, um, which was cool. So like a lot of the people who went there, it was a big group of people. Uh, like attendees wise uh, but you know before they can get their ticket they had to show proof of vaccination so that was reassuring um, and you know like and also what's kind of also reassuring is the fact that like even when you're vaccinated and I've seen like stories pop up on my Facebook feed that some folks are having some breakthrough cases but the breakthrough cases of COVID they're very mild like they're very like oh i have a couple days of like a flu symptom and i felt better after 10 days or whatever like it it wasn't like as serious as going to the hospital or having like scarred tissue in your lungs so i'm um currently i just found out that my brother got covid he's over in hawaii and cases are like on the rise in hawaii um and then also my grandfather as well um both of them had the vaccination um, and I could tell, like, my brother, he's he's acting like a big baby, but he's also, like, requesting cookies. So, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like 
<laughs> I feel like he's she, probably he's probably still doing all right. Like I called him and he's just like making up songs. He's like, I got the Ronies. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're gonna live. You're gonna be fine. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so like that does give me um hope, you know, that people do get the vaccination that it will not be as bad for them because I have also um, watched a friend go through COVID without having the vaccination and have seen what their journey was like, um, you know, having to go to the hospital, having to be intubated, you know, having basically to put their entire life on pause mm-hmm. because they literally just could not deal with anything else other than the fact that this illness was so serious for them that they had to spend their time focusing literally on breathing every day. Right. Um, so please, people, please, please, please continue um, to get your vaccinations, continue to wear your mask. My job actually just made the vaccinations mandatory. And I think mm-hmm. we're going to start seeing that um, with a lot of other businesses. I, my job technically we are not um we're not necessarily like in the medical field we're adjacent um but i think that it's probably going to be spilling over into other fields as well not just people who are you know care facilities i think it'll probably be far more widespread and more common so just the precautions are working you know we are Mm -hmm. seeing progress so please people I know um it can be scary and if you have questions like do the research you know I'm not saying that every single person has to do this or has to do that we all have our own personal reasons for making the decisions that we make um but uh, I think at some point looking at history and being able to separate political views from factual science is something that can serve you and something that can save your life. So, right. Yeah. And it's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm really glad that, that like with the, with the research that has gone into this vaccination, that there is a sense of result from, from this, like, you know, if, even if you get sick, like you were saying, it's not going to be as severe or you're not going to have to be hospitalized. Like, and that's the thing that we just need to make it very clear. Like, you know, even like, it's the same deal with the flu shot, right? Like if you get the flu shot, it's sure it will help you. It will protect you from, from it's a defense mechanism for the flu. It's like a shield, right? But if you still get the flu during flu season, it's not going to be as bad as it as it could have gotten. I think people misunderstand because they're like, oh, it's not a cure. And I was like, well, the flu shot isn't a cure for the flu. Like the flu yeah. shot is just to introduce this why. Go away. The doors have been open. We've been moving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really just to introduce this uh, marker to your body and mm-hmm. to get your immune system to start preparing. Hey, this is out here. It's prevalent so that when it does enter your body, your body mm-hmm. is able to recognize it and more uh, immediately and have a, a preparedness and attack ready it can go send out all of the good cells um, that it needs to to help you recover a lot quicker to help you not have to suffer such dire consequences because you're not having to wait for your body to recognize the fact that hey this is a 
foreign substance virus that is attacking us and now we have to prepare to fight back like mm-hmm. nothing is immediate like i think human beings nowadays especially with having access to the internet and being able to like look things up we just want things to be done immediately you're like oh we can't just like instantly gratify ourselves no <laughs> we can't we don't it doesn't work like that unfortunately with biology mm-hmm. um but we are making strides yeah exactly like and that's the thing just be mindful of where we're at. If there isn't a cure, there's ways to be defensive and, you know, protect yourselves, but also protect others, you know, like, like, and then vice versa. Like while you're protecting others, you can be protecting yourself. So it's, I don't know. I feel like we've been preaching this for a really long time. Just, you know, anybody who is still like questioning the impact of COVID, it's like, I've seen people lose their families, people lose, like, no, that's what it is. Families, friends, mentors, like, this point of our lives in the grand year of 2021, we can do our research. We're not in the 90s. We're not in, like, the 80s, the 70s, where research was still kind of word of mouth or just news, or whatever you're reading off of a newspaper. I mean, it's, it's, it's now in the hand, it's our, in our hands now. And it's just a matter of like going through the correct channels of making I mean, sure that could, we get the you right could go information. To Netflix. You could go to Netflix and watch Cells at Work and understand exactly how your immune <laughs> system functions. And you can watch all these great documentaries. Like the information is out there. It's accessible. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are, um, you know, hear science and they get scared or they're, they're just like not comfortable with it. But there's so many different ways to make things easy, understandable, accessible. You, you too can understand what's going on inside of your body. I yeah. promise. What's funny is that <laughs> there was a meme running around about oh, how no. the I meme. You froze for just a second. So there, am I good? There we go. Yeah, you're good. So there was a meme going around about how people who are running their mouths about how COVID is fake are the same people who failed science in high school. (laughs) People who didn't graduate from high school or people who had really bad grades in high school are the ones who are running their mouth about it. And the scientists are like, it's real, guys. I'm a scientist. I had to do sessions over this. Come on, trials, clinics, whatever. Like people who spout that is just, it's just interesting. So anywho, uh, moving along. Um, yeah, I'm glad that there's a lot of entertainment, entertainment places, people who are in the enter- entertainment industry who are taking the precautions, like shout out to San Jose Jazz for doing it. Shout out to Tabard. Shout out to Miniboss too, because Miniboss oh, has- Miniboss, oh, like, Miniboss. They are on it. Yeah. Wiping tables, like yeah. left yeah. and right. Yeah. Like taking away our finished food saying, you're done. <laughs> you're done here. We're going to wipe the whole table, please. Mini Boss is a restaurant barcade uh, place. So barcade. like if, if anybody's listening, they're like, wait, what's that? <laughs> they're great. Yeah. But anywho, yeah, I had a good, I had a good weekend and I'm drained as hell because I haven't performed that much. Uh for a really long time in a really long time so i'm just like my body wants to fall over and just sleep for like five days 
Okay, so moving along, let's talk about some current events. Um, so Kylie brought something to my attention that that some of our states in the United States of America in the grand year of 2021, that there's no law or bill to regulate marriages for underage children. Yes. So, so more specifically, there are 13 states that still don't require um, you to be 18 years of age to get married. Um, you think that I children was, are, are just a protected class at this point? They're not. They're not. Uh. Um, in these 13 states, I want to say the legal age of marriage is 14. Yikes on um, bikes. Yes, 14. And then, of course, they do have some stipulations. Some of the, like, b- between states, some states are like, oh, you have to be 16 with parental consent. Some states are like, you have to be 14. Um, and you have to like be pregnant, there has to be some sort of like extenuating circumstance as to why this marriage is for your benefit. Um, Some states require that like the age difference between the minor and the adult be like within certain years. Um, But at the end of the day, it is still just legal child marriage, like which is not okay. So we're specifically talking about North Carolina today. Uh, There is a bill that's waiting to be passed um, that would raise, and it's so sad that this is the progress, right? (laughs) But that would raise the minimum age to 16. So you're still a minor. Pause. Pause! (laughs) You said raise the age, not establish that the age is raise the age. So you're Wait, telling me raise it. what was it before? Um, it was Yucky. 14. It was 14. And then there were actually even cases where you could be even younger if there was a pregnancy involved. Okay. So do you remember where you were as a person at the age of 14? Do you remember yeah, where you were? Not ready to get married. Um, and certainly uh, not ready to get married to like a full grown adult. So what is really eating chicken nuggets and mac and cheese on the regular, like the child I'm supposed to be at that age, not putting on a wedding dress and saying, Oh, this is my future. Like some weirdo, like evil, like Disney universe for, or whatever, like, ew. Uh, so Basically, um, we're trying to limit these states' ability to harbor and attract, um, I can't think of like a really, I can't think of a nice word. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a word that will not have me in trouble on this podcast. Um, But like pedophiles really is just, you're harboring pedophiles, you're allowing sex trafficking, um, and just you're not protecting any of these children. There's been so many um, child bride horror stories, people stepping up and speaking out and telling their stories about how like their families basically sold them 
to an older gentleman and they went to like North Carolina or they went to some of these other states where the marriage was legalized and because they were a child, they had no say. There was nobody protecting them. Um, right now, currently the bill that is going to be passed will, in North Carolina will raise the age from 14 to 16, but will also put um, an age gap stop uh, to four years. So you can be four years older than your partner that you're going to marry. Um, a lot of people were making the argument of, oh no, these marriages are for like the Romeo Juliet situations of the 17 year olds who are in love and want to get married. But studies were shown that between the years of 2000 and 2019, 93% of marriages in North Carolina were between an adult and a minor where the age gap was over four years. There was one where it was like a 49 year old man married a 15 year older. You know what I mean? Like, so these cases are prevalent. Um, these cases are disgusting. Uh, I can't like, uh, uh, uh. I didn't realize that 13 states, I, I knew that the sex trafficking was bad in the United States, like point blank period. Um, but I did not know that it was so bad that it's still legal to mm, marry a 50, child. 50, united, filthy. Like, this is just, uh, this is really disappointing because, like, this is, this, <laughs> this is, is really disappointing. Like, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's a very watered down reaction. Um, but, <laughs> but we as a country, and I'm saying this as a generalization, make fun of other countries doing this. Like oh, we on do. we the regular, do. like we make fun of all of the Middle Eastern countries on the other side of the world of like, ha ha ha, child brides, ha ha ha, like that's stupid and disgusting and um, prehistoric ideology, ha ha ha. But we're still like, there isn't like a check to do this. And also this whole thing with like this obsession of owning women's bodies because this is this is some this is an ideology that has nothing to do with the men this is an ideology to keep women under control like Uh, yes i own the bodies of women to groom women that they have zero choice but to rely on this man who seems established to screw you over when you become older like it's just like the abuse the traumatic like therapy that would have to follow up with this and all of like the disgusting lying that goes behind this. So it's like, you know, statutory rape. Like if a child is pregnant by an older man and he's like, Oh shit, how do I cover this up? I know that this was wrong. Oh, I, I got to marry her. We're in love. It's like, nah, dude, if you're like 30 something years old and you're like, you know, sticking your shit in like, and I, 13 year old girl you're nasty so you are nasty what what the fuck r kelly shit is this yeah it's not good senator vicky sawyer um she's a republican representative for davidson county had made a statement that it was like a generational divide um you know saying that like oh well like this is why the laws were there before because it's just you know the older generation operated differently and you know they were getting married at younger ages and it was just like mm, that's a little bogus to me yeah i was like that's bullshit 
um, a lot of, I, and we've been talking about this, you and I just personally, um, about how women's rights have progressed. And it's like a lot of these women were still forced into those marriages. It was still mm-hmm. forced marriages because they literally could not survive without being married mm-hmm. to a man. They didn't have the means to make the money to support themselves, or they were not able to like actually go out and buy a home and do all of these things um, just because women were not taken, ser- taken seriously. Uh, and then it just trying to use like the argument of tradition in this case, I also find to be like utterly disgusting and horrific. And I just don't see how this is not just an immediate correlation to like sex trafficking and oh, like, totally child is. sex labor. And it was like, the more I learned about this article in particular, and the more I learned about um, the different states that allow child Mm -hmm. marriages to go on. I learned that nine of those states, like we were flabbergasted that the states had legally drawn the bar at 14. Nine of those 13 states don't have a minimum fucking age requirement. Pardon my French. They don't have one. They just leave it up to the judge. And if you're in some backwoods county and they're just, you happen to know people and you're bribing and you're in on the ring. What? Pardon me? Like, Oh, that's just, it's really disappointing because, yeah, everyone's like saying like, oh, traditions, oh, women can't hold their own. So they need to be groomed to be reliant on a man. But now, like, there's so many permissions that we're allowed to do now. So it's just, it's just a bunch of bogus. It's just to control women. It's, that's just basically what it is. It's just to control women. It's just to groom women. It's just to have this weird reinforcement that women are allowed to do anything. It's like, why don't we get to own our own bodies? Like, it, it's disgusting. And yeah, the sex trafficking thing is very real because like what in the hell as a man in who's over the age of, I'm going to say over the age of like 18, why are you going after that fourth, like that 14 year old? You literally just finish them, eat their Lunchables and watch anime. Like, why are you after it? Like leave them alone. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm upset because it's something that this law for all states, I'm sure that they putting on the back burner to get figured out. But this is so harmful that it needs to be done now. That's the thing that also cracks me up with a lot of like office and governments is that they take so long to move things and to get things going. Like, why are we taking so long? It should be a simple thing like, oh, hey, we don't have a regulated law for this easy game make a quick document. I'm sure someone in the office will already has one drafted. I'm sure there's a million people who have things drafted and all you have to do is sign, say done. It's, it's official, but it's like, "Mm, we should get people to vote. Mm, I didn't see that email. Mm, I'm over the age of 70 and I don't know how to use a computer. Mm, Like, you know, it's just a lot of like negligence. And it's like, these people are saying like, they want to do us better, but really they're just creating more harm for the, for the sake of just putting things on the back burner. Like, it's just. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree, um, especially when it comes to the legal system in the United States. You know, we, the game is rigged. We all know that the game is rigged. We mm-hmm. um, know for the jump that the system is set up to benefit white men in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you are anyone who is not a white man in America, the legal system is not really set up for your benefit. Um, this is just one case where we can 
clearly see the parallels in the thinking um, in this legal system, the same line of reasoning that will justify slavery will be the same line of reasoning that will justify child marriage, that will okay. justify um, separating women from their children. Speaking of which. Unlawfully, speaking mm-hmm. of which, let's talk about another legal fiasco, another dumpster fire. Uh, so CPS to me is such a weapons that, like, there's things about CPS that make sense to me. Mm-hmm. which we'll get into, but CPS has a weird hold about that's, that's a whole case of using that service to weaponize it against colored women. Yes. To weaponize it against people of color. I should have said that better. People of color, not colored women, but you get my, you get my gist. <laughs> Weaponizing it. What am I in the seventies? <laughs> majority. <laughs> yeah. The global majority. Yeah. No. Cause how many times have I heard people saying, I'm going to call CPS on you if you won't stop acting up? And it's like, why are we using this as a weapon? Like, and that's what it is. Like I've seen, you know, for example, like I know that there's people who are mandated reporters, but mm-hmm. there's also people who are just going to like, just use well, it to and- ruin somebody's life because they inconvenience them that one time. But anywho, go on. Uh, So we're talking specifically um, about the case in Florida with Saisha Mercado. Uh, She was an American Idol singer and star like 10 years ago. Um, Beautiful black woman. She's married with her hubby and she had uh, an 18 month year old when she found out that she was pregnant again and she was breastfeeding her son it was 18 months, so he's already over a year. Mm-hmm. It was safe for her to start weaning him because she wanted to breastfeed her child that was on the way. Um, so she was in the process of doing that. And it's a natural process, it's a natural thing when you're transitioning um, from the breast to the bottle, from the bottle to solids. You know, every child reacts differently. And her son was just having a little difficult time transitioning. Um, from the breast of the bottle. And so they had ended up taking him to the hospital because he had gotten dehydrated. Um, and meantime, she had been going to specialists. She had been going to lactation specialists. She mm-hmm. had been seeing, um, I don't know, they, they're like a, a specialist for like postpartum to help your your child with like latching and, and all this other stuff. Um, So she had been going to see someone to help her, several people, in fact, to help her uh, with this transition with her baby. And so when she brought her child to the hospital, gave him fluids, the hospital wanted to give him a B12 shot. And she said she wanted to wait for her husband to arrive so that they could make this decision together. And they wanted more information about why he was going to need this shot. The hospital then called CPS and took her 18-month-year-old son and put him in um, CPS Medical Protective Services, and she hasn't seen him since. Um, They tried to say that he was neglected, that he was, like, severely malnourished, um, which you can clearly see on her, like, social medias, constantly posting videos, like, this was a happy baby. This is a happy boy. He definitely wasn't neglected. Yeah, very, very healthy. His skin was very vibrant. His 
it just the size in general as like normal and i've worked with babies on the regular um this baby was a very regular sized baby not too big not small just a regular regular sized baby 18 a regular old. small bean yeah um, well they took her son and uh, they were having you know this in the middle of this legal battle while she's pregnant mm-hmm. she gives birth and funny how they took him while she's pregnant so then that way the narrative can just go against her about her emotions with the, all this while she's pregnant and so in the middle of this she gives birth 10 days after she gives birth they come and they take her baby on a traffic stop so not even coming to visit your home visit like a regular appointment on a traffic stop pull you over take your child the most horrendous like gut-wrenching video because they filmed it like hello we're in 2021 we gotta film every every you have interaction to film and just to hear the pain and anguish in this woman's voice as she's telling you like why are they taking this child there's no reason for them to take a 10 day year old baby away from their mother like the the lack of compassion is mind-boggling but also just it's so damaging to the child 10 days mm-hmm. like you ha- you haven't gotten a chance to bond you haven't gotten a chance to like regulate uh, nothing like we always i was like i think about puppies and they're like how young is too young to take them like away from their mother but it's just like we're, for mm-hmm. humans it's like no there's i don't think there's any age or like no you're too young <laughs> You're too young. We've seen, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've seen videos of, you know, children being taken away from their parents when we were locking them up, locking up like Spanish and Mexican families and how when they took, when their children was taken away from them and then they tried to reunite the children, like the children just didn't know their parents. They were emotionally compromised. They didn't know what to do. Mom, like the parents are also emotionally compromised because the baby didn't recognize their parents. So there's like a huge emotional trauma that's going to trickle into what that de- child's development when they're older. So like if you take away a baby that young and to have the like the inconsistent like figure of like, who is my mom? Like, wh- where is my mom? Who, where do I need to get nutrients from? Like, it's just it's traumatic it's traumatic and that sticks it doesn't go away like that will have to be worked out between both like both parents and the baby this and it's the the hardest part about this is that it is immoral but it is legal it's a legal kidnapping you know there's they're hiding behind the legal system saying oh well you know this hospital reported this you have one child with cps we have every right to come and take your second child when they're already in a legal battle trying to prove that the first child never should have been removed from the home in the first place. No, I just, I just don't understand. I mean, I do understand because it's racism. That's what it was. Cause this woman is is. black. Cause this woman is black. Her partner is black. Her baby is black. Like we, we already know how this country and how the legal system serves black people. It doesn't, it demoralizes them on a traumatic scale 
um, where that trauma can never be be like cured. Like it's just yeah. How, how do you heal this? Uh, yeah, how, you can't heal this. And it's just so disappointing to see this because, like, this is a woman who like got third place in, in one of the 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 seasons of American Idol. She is lovely. She has a beautiful voice. She is very talented. And then, you know, up out of nowhere, like, you know, she goes to a hospital just to ask for some help and they don't help her. Like hospitals, cops, we were told that they were supposed to be so helpful, but they're not. They're the most unhelpful, the most unhelpful. They'll do anything to just make you more uncomfortable because they think they have the expertise with the lack of human compassion. Like, it's just, it's just very, very unfortunate. I can't believe they took both of her kids and especially one of them who's 10 days old who's what what gets me is so it's like I work as a social worker right and so a lot of like the language and a lot of the what they're using against her is it's very coded language um doing a surprise roadside wellness check like that's not really a thing no. You know what I mean? If you're doing a wellness check on somebody, if you need to see what the environment is like, you go to their home, you talk to the parents, you talk to the job, you try and see, um, maybe you talk to family members, maybe you talk to other people. Like there are so many other actual forms of care and mm-hmm. informed care in social work. And this is not it. Like this is just an example of like point blank. Clearly they have an agenda against this family and they just decided that, oh, we're going to pop up and we're going to take your child and we have every right to do so, which is not true. So the hospital that this happened at, this was what, um, in Florida, it was the All Children's, All Children's John Hopkins. And you can Google them. Oh, it's fucking miserable. The reviews, like, yeah. The reviews speak for themselves. Yeah, like people are saying that the doctors are very unhelpful, that the staff are absolutely rude, um, that they will do anything and everything to just make you feel invalidated. Um, There's also um, people there who are who used to be patients when they were children and now like posting reviews like as of like six months ago, just saying like, yeah, I had a very traumatic experience at this hospital. We came here for help and they were just not helpful. If anything, they just, you know, they just made it a little, they made my conditions much worse. Like, like they, and there's zero follow-up about certain test results. There's no follow-up about like, you know, post-examinations, like the, 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 everything shows on the the reviews page like me and me and kylie were like taking a look just to see what the scope was just to see how like valid this this story is and it's really hard to make up that doctors aren't helpful um i can't believe that they all because of a shot all because they asked for more information more information on an intramuscular b12 shot which i can tell you there are many other forms of b12 there's no reason really to give an 18 month year old a b12 shot if they're not necessarily like needing it you know they're they were trying to say like oh my god this child's like on the verge of death which like was not true um there, yeah there's just a lot of fishiness happening like, and on top of how that, does a doctor not recognize that a woman's breast milk her formula changes when she's pregnant with a new baby like 
how did no one make that correlation that she's now pregnant? Her baby is like barely two years old, barely even like past the one year mark. And that her baby's now trying to like, doesn't want any of her breast milk because the formula also changed. Like there's also that to put in consideration. My mom has talked about it before. My mom's like, God's sister talks about it. All black women that are like black women elders in my world, they all talk about how they laugh and they crack up over the fact that when they were pregnant with another baby soon after having their newest, their latest baby, that their formula changes and their kid doesn't want it. It's like a running like joke, not joke, but it's like a running thing to talk about. The flavor changed. (laughs) Yeah. The flavor changed. My Kool-Aid went from being strawberry to black cherry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just like, how did no one in the hospital make that correlation that it's like, oh, okay. So it looks like that you have to do some formula. Here's some formula recommendations. Try that for a couple weeks. And if something is still kind of up, then come back and visit us. That's all they had to do. But no, did they do that? They're like, oh my God, your baby's dying. You're black. You're unfit. Like, what? Seriously. And not only that, so like just to rub salt in the wound, to add insult to injury, they placed their son with a white family and they didn't do any interviews to see if there were any relatives that were willing to step up Um, or friends. They They put that baby, oh my God, in that family... I and this is just my intrusive thoughts kicking up, kicking in. Mm-hmm. That white family's gonna be like, Where are your kids' saviors? They are good with us, they do not deserve you. We're gonna have a legal battle with you, whether if you deserve to keep seriously, baby. seriously. And they, they get a weekly Zoom for one hour to see their child, not even in person. They get a weekly Zoom, one hour. What the um, fuck? Like, what the. And there's, on top of that, there's no court order, um, like, stating why, like, limiting their visitation. I want Saisha to take all of their fucking money, the hospital, the law, and this family. I want her to take it all because they did her so goddamn dirty. And for what? And for what? Because they asked the question for a shot, which we all know historically how shots have gone for Black people. I mean, we're just talking about COVID. COVID's fine. But like, <laughs> like exper- experimental shots that like is not a, co- which are not a common thing. We, well, we know, we know. Not only that, but it's like, we're not rolling out, you know, COVID vaccines for babies. It's not part of the mandatory mm-hmm. shots for babies. So nope. like, that's a whole different case. Um, but we're talking specifically here, an infant, an 18 month year old. Who just was like, I can't drink mommy's milk anymore. It's not for me. Well, she was, you know, weaning him. Oh, and she was weaning. Okay, my bad. Yeah. She was weaning, but also just babies react to change differently when they're weaning. And it's like, it's a normal process. Well, absolutely. It's a, it's a change. Anytime there's a change, it takes time, especially with babies, because you can't like explain to them what's happening, <laughs> what's oh happening, God. you know? Um. So yeah, that ah. was, that was my, my two bits of, WTF world. Oh, Why? totally WTF world. Like, what the... Like, yeah. that's just so disappointing. Speaking of children, um, I wanted to quickly introduce our next segment. It's a little yes. bit uh, staggered from our normal flow of how we do our podcast. Kylie and I had the opportunity to um, interview an Oakland hero, 
a guardian yes. angel for children yes. who are enduring puberty and <laughs> enduring. are enduring puberty and you know finding out or learning about their menstrual cycle um so chasmine moses uh founder of the box care um had a chance to talk to us about her service um and about how she is um bringing in a very comforting and educational take on um, menstrual cycles and puberty for children who menstruate. So we'll go ahead and cut into that. Yes. And Welcome back to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. I'm Kylie Too Smart. We have and sometimes the... And she brought a lovely guest. Oh my God, Chasmine Moses is here in the house. Look, I totally stepped on sometimes the introduction. V, you want to introduce yourself? Nah, you are doing a great job over here. You're doing so, a great like, job. no, I mean, I already, person. I already know Chasmine. We already did the thing. <laughs> her hair. She's a whole new sometimes V. She's got the braids. She's got the styles. She's got the color. She's doing all the things. Jasmine, I'm so glad that I got to meet you finally. I've been holding on to your box. That you nice said. to meet you too, Kylie. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> my lighting, I swear. Look at this box. So you want to tell us a little bit about what this box is? Well, yes, I will get to that. But let me just introduce what I do in general. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so the Box Care is a community for children who menstruate, and we are doing whatever it takes to improve the quality of life for young menstruators. And so we currently prioritize building community, building lasting relationships, and um, supporting young menstruators to have the tools to have the ownership and agency over their bodies. And so that box that you were just holding, Kylie, is part of it but it's not the entire core of it. And so we have an academy where we um, teach children how to take care of their bodies, their hygiene. And with that, we also have a forum where menstruators are able to connect with other menstruators. And so if they want that box, they can add it onto their membership for a monthly price or a one-time gift purchase. Um, but yeah. So it's just to sparkle joy into the young menstruator's life and just bring them happiness. And if they just want to be a part of the academy, what do they have to do to do that? <laughs> they can just go to our website. We are currently revamping a lot of things, but if they want to just become a member, they can go to theboxcare.mykajabi.com and they can look at our intro video to see if it's something that they will be interested in. So can I just say, I did not have anything like this when I started menstruating and I started young. I started my period at eight. So I was like, to see this box and to see the community that you've attached to it, like, is incredible um, because my grandparents weren't telling me anything right. about what was going on <laughs> with my body. Like, I there was no warning. Um, and you would expect, like, I don't know. I figure like an older generation, they were like the hippie generation that maybe they would have been more open and forthcoming. Right. They were not. <laughs> 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 like, they didn't tell me anything. They're just like, go figure it 
out there. Yeah. So just the fact that you have this and that it exists um, is amazing. So let's Thank actually, you. I'm going to open it up. So oh, awesome. yeah. <laughs> Woo, let's go. But not only, yes, not only is it just beautiful, like I would just be happy receiving this. Um, but when you open it up, like you have instructions for parents in here. You've got, look, this magazine. Is this also available like online? So like I mentioned, we are revamping and I have some advisors who are members and they told me that the magazine is nice, but it should be maybe a quarterly magazine instead, instead of it being in every box. And so what we've done is adjusted the magazine and we've turned it into a quick content card where girls will actually, our members will actually read it because they were saying like, it's great information, but we're not actually reading everything in it. So it might be a waste. <laughs> I was like, it is, like, this is a lot of information. And I was just like, like a lot. And I was floored, but also I gotta say, I love people who menstruate, like the language we're coming along. Yes. It's so great. Exactly. Um, mental care, first thing on here, like Come on, Box Care. Come on, Box Care. Welcome <laughs> to the Box Care Club. Like, it's so cute. It's so cute. It's so colorful. You go through what's in the box. Now, I'm going to ask you, is every box the same? No. And so we are, okay. So our gift boxes, they're going to be six staple gift boxes that people can purchase for their menstruator. Um, and then if you're part of the community and you purchase a certain membership, the tier three membership, you'll be able to have access to our digital community, which is the Academy and pads and wipes and a surprise monthly gift that will change. And so, yes, it won't be the same every time. Oh gosh. So I love it. It comes, well, this first, so I guess like this would be like the first box. This is my first box. <laughs> Came with instructions on ways to support you guys and ways to support the community, which I love and I will absolutely follow later, which is, you know, do the whole social media unboxing, let people know that you are out here existing and thriving. <laughs> um, so like I saw the magazine and I saw um, you had featured someone who's actually local from California. Mm -hmm. Is this a local community academy or we are like everywhere? We are everywhere right now. So we have four lead ambassadors. We have one in Stockton, California. We have one in Vancouver, Washington. We have one in Oakland, California, and we also have one in Laurel, Mississippi. Love so we this. are all over. And so my goal, I could see these lead ambassadors, like, yes, they're going to be helping our digital community, but I'm going to build content and a course to support them in leading workshops in their own communities. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, this is just the beginning, y'all. Just the beginning. <laughs> I love this. I absolutely do. Cause um, I'm also somebody who <laughs> as a black woman in this world, just is about the grind and is going all yes. the time, all the time. Um, I can't imagine what it is like being a young person nowadays and also just like being online all the time and then also having to do school online all the time and then also like just feeling all of this information 
information that's constantly coming. And one of the things that I really loved in here is your self-care um, outlines, the workout routine, the ideas for mindfulness, and hello, alone time. <laughs> alone time? I feel like all of my time is like, oh, I got to go be doing this and doing this and doing this and doing this. I was like, alone time. Set some time for yourself. And also, I think it's nice for parents to recognize that your kids have fully loaded lives yeah. and they also need some downtime, some alone time. Um, you have the spotlight. You have a spotlight. So do they just submit these to you guys? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So when I first started in May, I uh, did a little small ad on Instagram saying, hey, we're looking for people to be featured in our magazine. And a lot of parents reached out to me and I actually secured 12 interviews. So I have 12 unique member spotlights that I'm going to be sharing. And they all share her story, which is just their story about how they started their periods. Um, and if they haven't started, they share just about who they are and what they're looking forward to about their periods. So, yeah. Right. And it was just, I like the, um, the openness, you know, um, this particular young woman, Girl Spotlight, she's Emily in this month. And she's talking about what it was like for her um, like unwrapping pads and what her experience is with <laughs> tampons. And I think it's so great, especially if you're a young person, to be hearing this from another young person as well. So right. it's not just your parents because mm -hmm. I did not have that talk, but I imagine it's awkward for someone else exactly. you know, to be reading this and be like, I don't want my mom to like read mm -hmm. me a book or my dad to read me a book. Um, and then this is also so interactive. You have common symptoms of of periods you have a spot where they can fill out what they're experiencing throughout their own period like oh, this is so great i didn't get this four phase tracking information until i was an adult like a fully grown adult right <laughs> like until i got to high school i like and even in high school they cover it so quickly they don't want to talk about it they're just like um yes you bleed, your walls build, then you tear it down, there's an egg, and then you chill, and you're cranky for like a week, all right? But moving right along. That's more <laughs> that's than what I got. <laughs> if you get anything at all, depending on what type of, um, you know, education you're getting, what, if you're in a public school, private school, it really just depends. And if you're actually like paying attention, <laughs> paying attention that to part. class. That part. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Um, I really also enjoy this sample for tracking that you have in here with the emojis. <laughs> and you have like examples of what fruits would be good to eat on certain days and certain phases. I love that. I absolutely right? love that because I'm like, oh, I didn't realize ginger would be good here. I didn't realize raspberries would be good here. I was just like, what can I do to satisfy the craving so I'm less sad? <laughs> you know? So now I have a guideline of how to shed with basically based off of the nutrients I'm receiving. So I, I was so like dumbfounded is the word or just like I was actually just excited to see that, honestly. So excited. Um, just... I have, uh, I have PCOS, so that's um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Had I been tracking since I was eight, what was going on with my body, I would have been able to recognize and go to a physician mm. much sooner um, and say, hey, 
something is clearly wrong. Right. Like my tracking is off. Like my hormones are not right. My moods, like I would have the, um, I guess, research to back myself up to where I can actually go into an office and A, be believed right. um, because I, we don't listen to young people. We just don't. Um, and especially being a person of color, a, uh, a woman of the global majority. <laughs> That's, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing uh, it. A woman of the global majority here in America cannot walk into an office and be <laughs> um, taken at her word. And um, having this tracking and having this intimate like, knowledge of my own body and what is going on really puts power back to the hands of the person who is menstruating. Hello, yeah. my yeah. uterus. Yeah. I should know what I, what's going on with it. Um, I also love that this box has a bucket list for summer, which I'm assuming like, you'll have a bucket list for winter, a bucket list for fall. <laughs> um, but they're just, they're so sweet. Like go on a hike with your favorite person, um, sing your favorite song at karaoke, drink a snow cone, take a selfie at your favorite place. Like ride a roller coaster. These are great things. These are all good things that are accessible to anyone at any age and that are still fun for anyone at any age. Um, also, where did you, where do you find these cute little like glitter bottle ideas? I'm sure oh you have gosh. like a whole craft section. <laughs> like this is perfect because I can sit in my room and not have to deal with anyone else while I craft. Yeah. And so a little bit about my background. I was a fourth grade te yes, teacher. Please. I was a fourth grade teacher for five years and that's where these activities are coming from. And I just think about like what was really impactful with my students um, and building that self-awareness, building those mindfulness tools. How can I encourage girls or children who menstruate to build up their toolkit where they have that ownership to just do what they want to when they want to or when they can. Um, and so that's where it came from. Just thinking about what was successful when I was a fourth grade teacher. Can I ask you about some of your other mentors? Are they also educators? And like, what kind of backgrounds are they coming from? Yeah, so my mentors, you talking about my personal mentors, like my professional mentors? Yeah, your yeah. professional mentors. And then also the other people who are bringing things to this academy because your wealth of knowledge is amazing. Like, I couldn't deal with children. <laughs> <laughs> yes. of that age for that many years like I'll take them like for a summer school like it's cool I could do a oh, uh, poetry gosh. and art summer school class and then at the end of summer it's just like all right go back <laughs> to your regular teachers for the whole year rapscallions <laughs> no we're opposite in that I could I love working with children because I have more patience for them working with adults is more challenging for me <laughs> and so um my mentor though my mindfulness mentor Miss Lori she's actually taught me that um, glitter bottle activity. And that's someone that I leverage um, for education, for um, having engaged different audiences. And she's retired, but she still gives back. She volunteers at the school that I taught at, a Title I school in Deep East Oakland that I taught at. And um, she's still volunteering up there. Does She does mindfulness with the students and teaches teachers how to do mindfulness in their class. So... Yeah, that's one of my mentors. Like you never stop teaching. Teaching <laughs> teachers. That's incredible. Um, whatever is bringing you down, get rid of it. 
because you'll find that when you're free, your true self comes out. Tina Turner. These quotes, do you have just a myriad of them? Are you pulling just from other extraordinary women out there or menstruators, as we will say? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so one thing that I'm really focusing in on with the box care is representation. And it's a lack of representation of Black women, Black menstruators um, in any field that you go in. But I was doing a lot of research when I first started and a lot of programs that are similar um, really aren't representing us. And similar to what you were saying, Kylie, about you starting your period at eight, that is so common with Black and Brown children that they're starting their periods earlier. And there's not a lot of research on that for one. And there's just so many theories, but, but people aren't putting the effort into really researching that. And so that's another vision of mine is that with the box care, we can, um, for one, show that, hey, Black girls menstruate too. Um, and for, for two, that we have a different anatomy. Like for one, the BMI chart isn't, um, inher it's inherently racist against us. And so there's so many different things that aren't serving our children, black and brown children. And so to answer your question, Tina Turner, I just try to incorporate a lot of black women in the content. And so, yeah, using quotes from black women. I love that. I also um, really appreciated the fact that it is still very much for children. Too often, um, I know especially it was in my case, if you are a black and brown child and you're menstruating, all of a sudden now you're a woman. <laughs> now you're grown and like you no longer want to play with glitter bottles apparently and you no longer like want to do silly things like slurp snow cones and you don't have permission to still be a child. Mm. Um, I loved so much of what was in your magazine um, just actually being... still creating like a transitional period. So it's like, you still get to be a child and you still get to be playful. Um, and it's not all about like, oh, now you're a grown up and oh my gosh. now you have to do this or now you have to do that. Like, ugh, blech, blech. So I wanna see what else is in this box and show you guys like these stickers. <laughs> these stickers, they're cute. I love the flowers. Um, I was in a very like dainty, soft, delicate individual as a child. <laughs> um, I appreciate it now more. I was very much a tomboy. Um, but I think a lot of that was reactionary because I was getting so much attention of people expecting me to now all of a sudden be a woman. Mm. So I was like, at that, mm -hmm. I'll be like a little dirty boy. Um, <laughs> 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 now that I've grown, I'm like, Ugh, dirty boys. <laughs> no, no. But I love the flowers. I love the softness. I love... <laughs> So you have the ultra thin pads with wings and then you have your feminine wipes. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you chose the specific products that are in this box? Yep. And so when I was teaching um, in Deep East Oakland, I'll never forget I had this student who came up to me. It was my second year teaching and I had a really good reputation. I had high expectations for my students. I made sure that we got outside of the classroom. I was just that teacher, right? And 
one of my male students came up to me. He was like, Miss Moses, you know this isn't a good school, right? You know you ain't got to do all this, right? And I'm just like, are you serious right now? Like, how are you not having high expectations of your teacher? And so to answer your question, I want to prioritize quality. I want to make sure that every single product that comes out of the box care and into a black and brown child's hand is top tier quality. And so I did a lot of research um, and I came across these pads. We tried them out, me and my daughter and my nieces, and they were the most comfortable and 100% or organic quality, high quality pads. And so that's how we came across them. Before I, I was probably like five years ago, I started to use wings. Um, I couldn't stand them at first, but, but they really do protect the underwear. And so I wanted to make sure that girls had that, administrators had that ultra protection at the end of the day. And so that's how I came across those. Yes. Yeah. Your wipes, um, the ingredients in here, top notch, water, aloe, like <laughs> olive oil. You know what I mean? There's no alcohol in here. Mm -hmm. There's just natural radish root from infiltrate. Mm -hmm. Just there's coconut in here. Yep. There's just all the good things. Vanilla's in here, fruit water is in here, cranberry fruit extract is in here, potassium, citric acid. There's nothing in here that I would be afraid to put on my vagina yeah. and that's how it should be like it's yeah it's crazy nowadays like you really have to look at the ingredients of what's on your stuff because people are just putting whatever in here i'm like you don't need alcohol to clean you don't need all these like harsh chemicals and i know it's probably just cheaper there's cutting corners it is um so i like i'm so glad to see that you really you really care. <laughs> <laughs> the box care cares. Yeah, we do. The and box care cares. We're partnering with the, um, a middle school um, in Deep East Oakland right now. And I was asking them, you know, doing this assessment on what, uh, what offerings they have for their menstruators. And they're like, oh, we have a, a closet full of tampons. And, you know, I'm like, that's great. That's a great start. But <laughs> we need quality for our students. Um, and so that's my, that's my push too. I really want to give back to the communities that need us by providing them with quality products, not just our overstock leftover products. They deserve mm -hmm. the best. So. Gone to the admin offices when I was having a little time. Like, yeah, I remember those like overly padded like yep. overly padded napkins I have to call them and I re I also remember like being handed like a, a like a tampon and you know the old school ones where it's just like the cardboard you know casing and I'm like uh, I'm like that was so rough I mean got the job done at the moment but I was like oh, I wish it wasn't so uncomfortable yeah terrible yeah. like and I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking I was like huh what are the options available where I work currently in a job that's full of adults mm. <laughs> who menstruate. Mm -hmm. And it's literally, um, I probably just tampons, probably not even. Even their kids tampons. too, right? Even the kids yeah, that they may have with them. 
It's rough. It is rough out here. Um, but your kit comes with these cute little socks. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like, I love the fact that pretty much everything in here is like gender neutral. You know what I mean? Uh, everybody loves socks. This is a cute sock design that anybody could wear. They are super soft, super cozy, super comfortable. I could totally see chilling in my room with my socks and undies on making whatever craft is in the latest magazine. Um, you have this lip balm, honey apple, super soft shade lip balm because people <laughs> want to have a mini spa moment with their nice fluffy socks and their quality pads and tampons, okay? <laughs> Look, and sweets. I, at first I was like, oh, there's no chocolate, but then I was like, well, chocolate would probably melt. Chocolate would probably <laughs> melt. Um, so instead we have these, well, this one came with a birthday cake lollipop. Do your your treats change too? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure they do. So I was like, look, this is a whole moment. Um, you provide them a writing utensil, like every great teacher should, <laughs> <laughs> to fill out their magazine. No excuses. No, no excuses. <laughs> no excuses to do your homework. None at all. And then, of course, this grateful jewelry. Do you, are you making these? No, this is Tiffany Lewis. Yeah. I was like, she actually reached I was like, out how to much me. time <laughs> you have? Is she another Black woman yes. in the area that you're working she's, with? She's on the Come. East Coast. She's on the East Coast. She's, she donated those to our members. Yes. Yes. Come on, community. <laughs> Through community. <laughs> this is beautiful. It's sparkly like if I'm having a sad day I would just look down it's grateful there's a heart in there I'm I love just, this I'm flabbergasted I yeah I love everything about this um this is I'm be the change that you wanted <laughs> to be that you the person you needed when you were a kid like this is everything I needed and I'm so glad to see that there are people like you in this world who are actually going out there and doing the work, providing the space and the education for these communities, our communities, because we are marginalized. Yep. We don't get the type of support um, that we deserve, honestly. And so this, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. Thank you. Thank you, Kylie. <laughs> how long was this in the making? The Academy, the box? Oh my gosh. We haven't even. Have you, how long have you been putting this together, dreaming about this, working on it? Like, I, I want to know. Oh my gosh. It actually got sparked um, during Biden's inauguration this year. So we're pretty fresh. My eight-year-old, that's when my eight-year-old started her period. And the year before that, my niece started her period. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> we gotta do something wow yep you are so impressive thank you you're every menstruator's like guardian you angel are. <laughs> you are oh, i like that thank you <laughs> right <laughs> so it does angel. so it does look like we need to uh get to a close but trasman is there anything else that you would like to share before we close out for this segment 
No, I just appreciate you and Kylie so much for inviting me to talk on y'all show. Keep up the good work, y'all. I know this was kind of G-rated <laughs> in comparison <laughs> to some of y'all other episodes. So thank you for squeezing me in, y'all. Hey, we we are nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Some nerdy uh, education <laughs> happening in there. It's not all filth, flarn, filth. <laughs> it gives us a chance to like slow down versus the other topics. So, <laughs> all right, Chasmin, tell us how we can find uh, the box care. Yeah. So by the time this airs, you should be able to go to my website at theboxcare.com. If that's not live yet, you can go to theboxcare.mykajabi.com. That's where you can access the academy. And then you can also find me on Instagram. I'm on there a lot. And my lead ambassadors are going to be leading a lot of um, our events on Instagram. So at theboxcare. Amazing. Oh my gosh, see you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chasmin, thank you so much for joining us yeah. uh, on this episode of, uh, oh my God, I almost said Don't Cast and Drive. I meant Lady Blurt Sings the Blues. <laughs> Lady Blurt. <laughs> Lady Blurt Sings the Blues. Um, I won't give any of the closing statements because I'm going to, what I'm going to do with this is I'm going to integrate it into the episode. So um, up next, we're just going to talk about Just Nerdy. So thank you so much. Um, obviously, this is not dirty, but it's glad, I'm glad to be able to share uh, ja- Chasmin's um, masterpiece in our, uh, in our episode. So Thank you yes, so much, so husband. So Thank you. All the love. Thank you. So that was Chasmin. I hope you guys enjoyed her as much as I did. She is a true gem, a true blessing. Um, she is like everything that is right about this world. Um, you have a woman who looks at the the experiences of children around her sees where there is a need and stepped up to fulfill it. Are you kidding? That is right. That is right. Yeah, go Chasmin. You go Chasmin. You go Chasmin. Go Chasmin. Go. Go Chasmin. Go. All right. Like, I could have used the Chasmin. We could all have used the Chasmin. We could have all used the Chasmin. I remember. <laughs> well, my mom is very gentle about my experience, but I've heard horror stories of of you know, when folks learn that they're bleeding, they're like, now what? <laughs> now what? Like, okay. And not all, not all parents also have the tools to teach their, their children. I remember like my mom, bless her. She's had 20 years in recovery now, but uh, I remember her like teaching me how to wrap like paper towels and like toilet paper around the paper towels to make a pad in an emergency and things like that. And I'm just like, why aren't you just prepared? Like, why don't you just, let's just have supplies. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, sometimes it's like the blind leading the blind. So having um, a yipe. this type of service like is, is amazing. Uh, it's a gift and to have mentors that have the uh, space and, and the mo- ability to share information. And then most importantly, a community. A community, yes. A community. I definitely oh, I loved it. looking up that academy. It was wonderful speaking with her. She was absolutely great. Nerdy and Dirty was especially nerdy. It, very, it was, it was very, um, 
I want to say educational. It was like wellness and education. Yes. Let's definitely. let's let's turn the dirty and perverty things that we usually talk about into the more educational things that are really important as well. I mean, we talk about women's health all the time. So, all right. So uh, just some nerdy things. I didn't really have much on my plate this time around. Um, it's us. We are the nerdy things. Hello. Welcome yeah, we are the nerdy <laughs> things. What's the what? Your nerdy section. <laughs> the lady blurred sings the blues. <laughs> Blur. Um, so I saw Suicide Squad today. Ooh. I didn't see the Will Smith version of Suicide Squad, so my bad. But I did see the Idris Elba version. It was good. Um, I my my biggest comments in that were I was I'm always happy to see a wwe veteran playing an action part so you know kudos to john cena like he did a great job acting in that in that movie like i forgot he was even john cena like that's how good it was Whoa. so yeah that was kind of cool um Idris Elba was great in, in that, and Viola Davis was just the main bitch in charge. Holy moly. Yeah. So Always. and then Margot Robbie, like I don't I don't really pay attention to that much, but I did I just appreciate how much fun she is with playing Harley Quinn. Like she is Harley Quinn. Like she she literally like milks it so hard like it's so it's so good like I just I just want to just look at Margo and be like you it's like it's not that you can't do other roles it's the fact that you literally that's you it's you it's the same thing like what movie was it like Tom Hardy he's Bane like that guy is Bane like what that version of Bane he that's him um same thing with Tom Holland with Spider-Man. Like, that is Spider-Man. That is Spider-Man. <laughs> but uh, Margot Robbie, yeah, I... The, the embodiment was great. I've been, like, uh, seeing that clip where Harley Quinn's like, I changed career paths. <laughs> and it just makes me think of her. I'm like, hey, that's kind of like, yeah, you do that. You're an actor. You change career paths and characters every time you take on a new role. And it just seems like this is a role that kind of parallels your life in like a f- much more fantastical way. Let's not wish jokers upon Margot. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Stay I, away it, from that. Yeah, it's the same thing with Jim Carrey. Like, so my thing with actors too is like there's sometimes there's actors that just play a part where you're just like, oh, for example, Jim Carrey, right? Oh, it's just Jim Carrey playing the Riddler, where it's always Jim Carrey in his goofy Jim Carrey-isms. Like, he's he is iconic for every role that he does, but it's always Jim Carrey playing this character. Like, it's, like, for example, when he was Dr. Robotnik, it was just Jim Carrey playing, it was just Jim Carrey cosplaying as Dr. Robotnik. When he was the Riddler, it's him cosplaying as the Riddler. Whenever he was a liar, liar, it was him cosplaying as a lawyer. Like, it's just... <laughs> I think the only thing where I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, that was, like, the mask, I think is kind of where I see, like, oh, this is Jim Carrey, but it's not Jim Carrey anymore. And I yeah, think a lot it's the same of the thing with Samuel L. Jackson too. Carrey, like 
carried forward. I think he took a lot from the mask. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, absolutely. And same thing with um with Samuel L. Jackson. Whenever he's in a film, it's like it's Samuel L. Jackson as a Jedi. It's Samuel <laughs> as Jackson as a as a mercenary. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Like, I mean, I know his kind of key to fame was like Pulp Fiction, but it's just when you see him, you're like, you don't say the character's name. You're just like, that's Samuel L. Jackson. It's Jeff. Yeah. But when you see Mar- Margot Robbie, like, you're like, that's Harley Quinn. It doesn't matter what movie you put her in now. You're just like, that's Harley Quinn. That's Harley Quinn. It's like, oh, that's, that's who I was thinking of. Daniel Radcliffe. You're like, that's Harry Potter. <laughs> you said so many Daniel like, Radcliffe. nowadays where I'm just like, I don't even know if I want to be like, that's Harry Potter. We'll be like, Harry Potter went dark. <laughs> Harry and Emma Watson, that's Hermione. Broadway. <laughs> yeah, Emma Watson will for always and forever be Hermione. Yeah, it's like those... <laughs> The, the roles that made them iconic will never leave them in other movies like it does with like with some other actors too like Chris Evans kind of had a weird like like we know him as Captain America but I just know that's Chris Evans as Captain America though in other contexts people are like that's Captain America you know what I mean yeah um so it's just it's just kind of interesting where it's like is it the actor playing as or is it the character in a new movie you know <laughs> um but yeah suicide squad was very gory um it was very very gory um i mean i again i didn't see the the other version um i just know that at the beginning pete davidson was very much like chris brown in other movies he did not survive very long at the beginning so just as a heads up uh Uh, but other than that, it was, it was like, it kind of followed the script as any other action movie. Like you hit the plot, you see your like rejects of, of the villain world. And then they do the thing and then they betray what their auctions are. And then they save the world. So it's just same formula, just another fun spin on it. So it was, that's just how I kind of felt about Suicide Squad. But I do recommend anybody to watch it. Cause you know, like, like I said, Harley Quinn cracks me up because she had a lot of like side questy things that happened to her, which is away from the main story, but it's still integrated into the actual story. So it was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's just how I kind of felt about that. While I was watching Suicide Squad, though, there is something that us Lady Blurreds, we need to follow up on because there was a trailer that showed. Oh, Remember when we talked about Naya DaCosta? For Candyman. Yes. So yes. Candyman's coming out in September. We need to go. Oh my God. Yes, we need to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, there is definitely a lot of notable black actors in that that we need to just go check out. But like, yeah, so now that it's coming out in theaters, we definitely need to go. Um, and we should probably definitely, now that we're saying it, uh, have an episode following up on that. So huzzah. Huzzah. Cheers. Cheers. Um, so another thing I actually wanted to bring attention to, and this might be like a good debate topic. And if anybody has any strong feelings about this, please let us know because we, I'm, I'm going to pitch this. Some, pitch folks, some people might have some feelings, but at the same time, I don't care. Movies that have been coming out lately, it's just operas. And so what I mean by that is you already know the premise. You already know what's going to happen. There's no change to the actual timeline of what happens in these movies. Um, so, and, and the thing is like, movies are kind of boring now. So wh- where I was coming from with this, like while I was sitting in the chair with Cash while we're watching Suicide Squad, there was 
another Batman film, another Batman film. And Batman this time is Robert Pattinson. And that's fine, whatever, like. (laughs) And that's fine. (laughs) But I'm like, why do we need another Batman? Like, I was great. Like, what was great about the DC universe is having the Suicide Squad that at least there's another take in the DC universe. We have a bajillion of Batman movies that are very good from George Clooney to Val Kilmer to Christian Bale. Like, we have so many Batman movies and now we have another Batman movie that's just a little bit more dark. Someone added in a little bit more smoky flavor to, to the, to the, uh, to the formula. Cause Gotham is kind of like a kooky Gothic thing. Um, whereas now it's more, it's more like dark contemporary Gothic. And I, I just was watching the trailer and like, I already know what's going to happen. Like, it's just Batman speaking his Batman voice. I'm vengeance. Like we all know that. And there's always going to be some new villain that's going to come through whether, and there might be some homage to like the Joker. There might be some homage to Scarecrow. There might be some homage to poison Ivy, like whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm not interested in watching it because I've seen a lot of the Batman films already, you know? So I'm like, where's our Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn rom-com movie? Where's that at? Right? Like, let's do that. that. That wasn't done yet. Let's, let's just have that. Can we do that? Yeah, right. I, I would like to see more of the DC universe. Like, so for example, from Justice League, like I want to see like John's story or I want to maybe see like a sequel to the Green Lantern, maybe. Like mm. I would like to see like John anything the- but Batman. Anything, anything but, but Batman. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and when they try to do the Wonder Woman video, I or movie, I feel like that was kind of like a forced thing. Like I think there could have been more care into developing that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I was like, okay, so there's Chris. What's his name? Pine. Did they focus too much on like the costuming for her story arc and not necessarily the actual like story arc? I needed more of like a Lucy Lawless look from Xena. I mean, no offense to Gal Gadot or whatever her name is. She she's hot, but like I needed more muscle. I needed more like I needed her to look like China from WWF. Like I needed more of that from, for Diana, who is Wonder Woman. Like I needed more of that, but we got like, we got Gal and it's, it's fine. It's whatever the movie happened. She got her coins, like whatever, but it's like. I'm sorry. I'm laughing um, because China did uh, She-Hulk, the X-rated version. The X-rated version she did. Oh my God. It's not good. Oh, I bet it's entertaining. It is highly entertaining. Um, and I had to get it just because it's her. Um, but yes. So yes. Oh my god. I'm gonna look it up right now. I am looking it up. I am looking it up. I believe it's an Axel Braun film. Um, he did a bunch of parodies. He's also a giant nerd. So if you like porn and you like parodies, go check out Axel Braun because he does like amazing high quality parodies in terms of like the costuming and the storytelling it's like on point Um, so yes if you're nerdy and dirty oh no this is a lot of green (laughs) i mean honestly and there and look at that google images is showing me all the faces oh it's so bad it's good please like you know rest 
rest in peace to china like sh- that she's kind of like the the little kim for wwf like like the one of the very few women wrestlers that got super famous mm-hmm. um and it's like you know little kim is a is a woman rapper who was like the top like the most one of the more famous ones not not saying it was like queen latifah who wasn't but you you get my drift so um but yeah like where was I going with my thought? <laughs> I don't know I how I don't know how, how we view Little Kim and like her, her career trajectory. I think what I was trying to happen, but yeah, I, I guess what I'm just trying to go back to the point of of um, just like DC movies is that there's certain things about like the formula of how the storytelling happens. It's just kind of like. Thing that was like satisfying like you know what a crispy chicken sandwich is going to taste like and and it's just a matter of like okay now here's a here's another crispy chicken sandwich but this time we added bacon okay here's another crispy chicken sandwich and now we just added a little bit of garlic aioli instead of mayo like it's just it's gonna taste delicious and it's gonna be good but at the same time like you could have you didn't have to order it. Like you could have gone with something else. Made a different sandwich. Yeah. You could have made a different sandwich. And so, so yeah, with the whole Batman thing, um, I was just like, I was kind of disappointed. I'm like, but all that money could have gone somewhere else. Like Batman has so much money, no pun intended because Bruce Wayne is rich as fuck. But like that whole franchise, like, I think at this point, they're just trying to wring out the one last more, as much of a morsel out of Batman as possible. Um, and it's also kind of turning like into one of those things too. Like now if you're a ma- an actor who's a man and you're like, now it's like maybe one of those things like, yeah, I was Batman one time. Now it's, it's just like, I don't know. Put that I guess, on your resume. But I was also looking through other, other trailers too, where for example, James Bond is still happening. The James Bond movies are still happening. Which is crazy because they've run out of the books now. So it's like. Yeah. And. I, I enjoy Daniel Craig as James Bond. Like, I don't hate it, but it's like, I think they could have stopped, like, Cash had a point, like, he was saying something like, they could have stopped at GoldenEye, and now it's just the same formula, like, where there's three hot girls, he's gonna bang two of them, and this newest one that's coming out, um, there's a Black woman who is one of the lead women, leading women in the in the James Bond movies, and like it it looks like it's a solid like it's a solid nod to grace to grace jones mm-hmm. um with the short hair the beautiful dark skin like it's just like one of those things but it's the same formula it's always like these two like white girls who are really attractive one of them is gonna betray him there's always gonna be like some sort of uh, black or poc girl who's gonna be the savior um and then the other one who's just going to be the key to the source of the situation. And there's always some Russian passing villain. Like it's the same <laughs> damn formula. And I'm like, I want something that I don't ever expect. Like the little rascals, right? One time you don't know what's going to happen in that movie. The movie happens and you're like, that shit was fucking funny. And it was great. Or like, Stephen King's It, where it's like, that's a horror film. You see what's going on. You're like, how are they going to get out of this? There's no predicting what's going to happen. You know that the kids are going to are gonna prevail. But it's like, 
I don't know what's going to happen next. But with the James Bond movies, it's so predictable. There's going to be cars, there's going to be car crashes, there's going to be gadgets, there's going to be an M, there's going to be a Q, there's going to, it's the same <laughs> shit every time. And I'm like, I'm tired of this. And then there's always like some sort of like parallel movie that happens that's almost like James Bond, but not really, but for, for like a girly, like the protege that's coming out. I saw, the, I saw like three trailers of the protege already. I already know what the movie is about. It's a female lead who's really strong. Samuel L. Jackson is playing in this movie as some sort of role in here, as some sort of badass role. So it's almost just like another version of The Long Kiss Goodnight. And, <clears throat> excuse me, but it's just, now that I saw the trailer, I'm like, okay, I know the movie. That's it. Like, I'm not interested in this movie anymore. Like, this is good. I don't know. So you just have to stop watching trailers and just show up to the movie and then you won't know what's happening. Oh, this has happened to me before. <laughs> They're like, you just, you can't show V the trailers. You just have to surprise her. Like, okay, we're going to the theater, V, surprise. Yeah, like I had a thing with like, you know, for example, with the Ghostbusters movie, because Ghostbusters was so good. And then they did the girl version. I was like, okay, I like this. This is cool. Um. The movie I saw that I did not see the trailers of, and I just, my friends just took me and said, hey, we're just going to go see The Hangover. And at the time, I was not a big drinker. And so, like, I didn't know what that meant. So I'm like, oh, it's probably gonna, just going to be, like, a really cute movie, blah, blah, blah. And while I'm watching this, I'm like, what the fuck did I get into? This is hilarious. And throughout the whole movie, I kept, like, bumping my friend next to him. I'm like, wait, what happened to that Steve guy? What happened to him? Where did he go? Like, how come no one's concerned about Steve? Why are we so no obsessed with Bradley Cooper? Steve. What about Zach Galifianakis? Like, what? <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. What happened to them? Why is there a chicken? What? What? A tiger? Is that Mike Tyson? Like, it, it was a lot of surprises. It was good. I don't know. I just I feel like The Hangover would have been good even if you saw the trailer. It's just a good movie. Good job. Good job, Hangover. You kept us all on our toes. You know how trailers also kind of do that thing where they already give you all of like the funniest lines of the movie. And then you're only watching the movie to find the funny lines that you saw in the trailer. And they don't hit the way that they hit when you watch the trailer the first time. Editing. Yeah. Like I, I think what people need to do is like there needs to be a more minimalistic style to, to trailers where it's like, give me very sparse, slightly interesting, but sparse details about this movie. So then that way I'm like shook when I actually go watch it. Cause I'm not shook anymore. I'm just like, uh, okay. Same formula, same like loud, like bass trombone tuba, like, like noise when it's an action shot or some dumb shit like that. Like I, like it's all, (laughs) she's had it. It's not unique anymore. Like I, I think, Maybe that's why, like, I don't like going to the movies anymore because it's not unique. Like, I feel like this is your tea pain episode. This is <laughs> do something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've seen his breakdown where he's like, "There's already a baby. We got the baby. We got little baby. We got... do something else. <laughs> do something else." No, I haven't seen that. And here's Veronica. She's like, "We already." <laughs> We already have an action film. The, the action films are just oh interesting now just because of who's on the lineup. Like the protege, I saw Michael Keaton and Samuel L. Jackson. I'm like, okay, cool. 
that's kind of cool. You haven't seen Michael Keaton in a minute. I mean, there was one time I saw him in the movie as a snowman, which was much different than his role as Batman, but here we are. See, Michael Keaton was Batman. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this shit isn't unique anymore. Why does everybody have to have Batman on their resume? We can just leave it alone. We can just leave I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to go play Batman. I would rather see more stories about Robin. I want a Teen Titans live action, actually, if they don't butcher it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's oh, wait, plenty there of is. I was going to say, I think there is one. Yeah, it's on the CW, and it was, the first season was badly done. <laughs> like, Starfire's wig was, was every, every, was every mama at the block party was like, we could have done a better wig than that. Who did this girl dirty? is what happened with Starfire's wig. So, but also the CW kind of has this like weirdness where like some things are very low budget until like after the pilot season and then things get better. So like, I don't know, man. (laughs) I'm tired. I'm tired. What's your guys' opinion about movies that keep happening all the time? Like what what are your guys' opinion about movies in general? Like is streaming service going to kill movies just like how video killed the radio star like what's what's up what's new tell me what you're thinking please counter my argument like i'm i have time today so just let's go (laughs) she'll see you on twitter (laughs) she will be there all day but just about movies i don't want to hear anything else and if you guys show me more things about china leave that girl alone let her rest in peace she is a legend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> though i would love to see china as as um as a wonder woman if she hasn't already done that i'm sure she's done that somewhere in her career <laughs> yes yeah and lucy lawless like i don't think mm, maybe she lucy can do flawless? It. Lucy, lucy flawless lawless lawless flawless lucy flawless let's see I actually, you know, what's funny about Lucy Lawless. I really appreciated that she was in Parks and Rec when she was dating Ron Swanson. And like, I didn't recognize her for a second because she just looked mm-hmm. very mom-like. And then everyone's like, that's Lucy Lawless. I'm like, shut the front door, what? And I had to squint extra hard. I'm like, holy shit, that's Xena, the warrior princess. It's Xena, the warrior princess. You're going to lose your shit. Have you not watched Spartacus? No. No. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I'm about to blow your lucy lawless mind later all uh, right right yes pop that bubble pop it all the way all right well is now that we're kind of getting down to our closing segment i wanted to get into um big move monday um yes. so after the san jose jazz performance that i had this weekend i ran into some curators mm, no that's the wrong word uh, guys who are doing a documentary on the culture of San Jose. Um, they are trying to combat the trend of tech taking over and trying to remind the folks of San Jose that where the culture comes from, how we cultivate San Jose as ours and ours only. Um, and so their documentary that they're working on is called San Jose is not or San Jose not for sale. Um, I'm sure that people know in this in the area, but the gentrification is real um, and it's inconsequent of a lot of the tech 
companies kind of coming in and startup culture as well um, from, I call startup culture kind of like a spinoff from tech culture because that's kind of what it is. Um, but, you know, like because of such, we get a lot of people who come into the Bay Area to live here to get to satisfy the job roles for, for these tech companies instead of, you know, there's, there's a lack of local hiring. And so because of that, a lot of people who've grown up in San Jose their whole lives, there's like a push to leave and that there is a little bit of a diminished aspect of, of San Jose's culture kind of like not going away per se, but there is a huge shift because the people who live there their whole lives, they're having some trouble staying. And so what really defines San Jose um, is, you know, the people. The people who loved here, who lived here their whole lives, who love it here, the the like the bike parties, to the the mom and pop stores, to you know the music scene, and so like they're doing a whole documentary to highlight the successes and the people who keep the culture alive here in San Jose. So I just want to give them the big move Monday. It should be coming out Yay. soon. They're still talking to folks to just get as much information as possible of how important it is to uh sustain the culture here so yeah like i i don't know kyla if you have any other comments about that um no i was just going to say that uh, i i really appreciate seeing this movement um last 420 there was um it was like what the smoke in the park and a lot of what was happening there was they were having speakers who were talking about um the tech companies moving in and how you know they come with all these promises of bringing jobs into the area and then what actually ends up happening is that they are bringing you know their own workers with them essentially mm-hmm. and then they are only hiring the local people for like menial jobs and only for part-time so essentially it's like now you have all of this cheap labor um, you're not covering costs for healthcare. You're not, you know, supporting and growing the communities that you are moving into so much as you are sapping the resources, taking up space, and actually allowing the communities to fall into a down spiral because mm-hmm. these people now are dedicating their times to a company that is not going to pay them a livable wage you know they now are having to to split their time their energy their efforts but it's also when you devalue a community like this you make them vulnerable for other tech companies to come in and so it's like a vicious cycle the colonization is real um, and you have moves that will make sense if you're a capitalist, but will not make sense if you're someone who's hungry. For instance, buying up a bunch of farmland for a tech company. You know what I mean? It's like these people literally depend on that farmland to live. Yeah. It's supporting like so many other families, so many other people that your tech company will not support because mm-hmm. your tech company doesn't know that community and is not there to grow that community so um yeah just everything that you have said times 10 we see it we live it we experience it yeah and yeah i'm really glad that these guys are really doing the work to get as much you know 
B-roll to to words words of wisdom from locals and people who really yeah. cultivated people the area. Yeah, people we love. So it's it's going to be really good. So hashtag SJNFS. San Jose is not for sale. You can also follow them on Instagram uh, for SJ not for sale. Um, so or yeah, Instagram. So just follow them there, and they will like you know be showcasing their their trailers and getting closer to like how the the documentary will progress. So yeah, shout outs to those guys. Thank you so much for doing the work to highlight what's really important, which is community and culture. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. Is there anything else, Kylie, before we close out for today? No, I don't think so. Um, I just want to say thank you guys for watching and for listening, for putting up with us in our like <laughs> I know, we're just like uh, lethargic. What is Life that? crisis, what? Yes. Thank you. We love you. We love all the support that you guys give us. Interact with us more. That's it. Come, yeah, just interact with us, us more. You know how you know how it is. I'm always on the Instagram or it, well, actually Kylie's on Instagram more than I am. I'm on Instagram. You're on Twitter. Yeah, I'm always on Twitter. Yeah, you're on the yeah. tweeters. Yeah, that's true. The tweeters. I'm always angry on the tweeters. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Lady Boys Sings the Blues. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Pods, and our original home SoundCloud. You can also catch us on YouTube because we do have a YouTube channel. Look at our cute um, faces. <laughs> you can follow and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Lady Blurs Podcast for questions and suggestions about the show. Email us at don'tcastandrive at gmail.com or you can just hit us up on our yeah. personal social medias. So, yeah. I'm kind of uh, too smart everywhere. Yep. And I am sometimes V now. I changed the handle from begins like this to now sometimes V. I did it, guys. Mama's getting there. Now you guys can steal my old handle and I'm really sad about it. Uh. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful week. Good night. Good morning. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.